Oh, what is up, guys? It is the Combat Addict, and I am here. Welcome to the Combat Review, a subsidiary of My Mouth Does the Talking. Guys, I am so goddamn tired. You have no fucking idea. You have no idea. If only you actually knew, because like if I f you don't know, but if only you knew how tired I actually am. I'm so tired that I've started to just say gibberish to myself walking around my room, just talking absolute nonsense bullshit to myself. I can't even remember the things that I was saying. I can't even remember the shit that I was saying. That is how fucking ridiculous. See, I can't even think words right. That is how tired I am. Not ridiculous. I'm saying ridiculous things because I'm tired. This is insane. For the last, like, man, for the last week, sleep has just been really hard. But for the last three days, I shit you not, I can't fall asleep before 2 a.m. And I get up at like 8.30. So it's just, it's fucking insane, bro. I'm telling you, this shit is so fucked up. The only thing I can say at this point is I am so tired today right now that the chances of me not being able to fall asleep tonight are just astronomically low. And so I imagine at some point like, it, I mean, even if I don't fall asleep tonight, at some point, like, I have to sleep. Like, I, it has to happen. I have to sleep. At some point, it must happen, or else I will literally die. That's the most I can say. I don't know, man. I'm so fucked up. I'm so fucked up and tired. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I just know that, like, I'm, I'm like, my brain is, like, fucking dying. I can't even think. I didn't even try to read anything. Because I just, I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to focus on anything right now. Anyways, man. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the Combat Review is just an MMA show. We just talk about stuff that's going on. In the UFC world, you know what I'm saying? So if you're interested in shit like that, then you should stay tuned. If you're not, then... Man, I feel sorry for you. The UFC is pretty cool. Anyways, man, a whole bunch of shit has happened since the last time we had a combat review. Uh, people are talking about giving Max Holloway another fight. With Alexander Volkanovsky. People are saying is there a possible trilogy there. Now for those of you who don't know what's going on. Max Holloway was the featherweight champion of the UFC for a really long time. He beat one of the greatest featherweights. Or actually the greatest featherweight of all time. Twice. Then Alexander Volkanovsky came along and ruined his, ruined his day. By outpointing him in a championship fight. And Alexander Volkanovsky took the title. 
In my personal opinion, Alexander Volkanovsky did win the first fight. In fact, he won the he won every single round. In my opinion, when I watched it the first time. The second fight, it was clear to me that Max Holloway definitely won rounds one and two. Maybe lost three, but took four. And lost five. That's, that's how I scored it. The judges gave it to Volkanovsky. And everybody has been like, that was a fucking robbery of the worst kind. As it was a title fight. Title fight robberies are like the worst. They're the worst. Because that is not the kind of fight that you get every year. Like some people have to wait like a year and a half, two years before they can get a title shot again. So for judges to fuck up a decision like that, it's the worst thing. Like there's, it's almost like there is no greater sin in MMA or the UFC separate and aside from knowingly cheating or doping or something like that. Like just in terms of like how awful it is, it's just the worst thing that can go down. Just a bad decision in a title fight. It's like, oh my God. Anyways, as a result of this, people are like, okay, well that's bullshit. Like, should Max get an, a third fight? Dana White is like, uh, he doesn't know. Like maybe, maybe, maybe they'll have a third one. My opinion on this, look, Max is still young. And if he really is the greatest in the division, the best of all time, whatever you want to say, he's already fought this guy twice. Okay? It didn't go the way that he wanted it to, but we can't just keep running fights back because the judge is fucked up or something, right? We can't just keep doing that. They already fought twice. All right, we need to give Alexander Volkanovsky some time to fucking breathe. Let's be straight here. All right, he needs time to be a champion. Yes, I think he lost the fight, but guess what? He won the fight. That's it. So you need to give him the time to be a champion. I think just let him fucking breathe for a second. He just fought the greatest featherweight of all time twice. I mean, fuck. Right. And Max, I mean, honestly, he took his foot off the gas in the in the fifth round. I don't know why the fuck he did that. I think he was tired, which is weird because Max doesn't get tired. But I, I remember watching the fifth round and just thinking to myself, like, oh, my fucking Max, what are you doing? God damn it, Max. I remember it because I was th I honestly, when they were reading the decision out, like, let me tell you something. I knew... Like, it's almost like I knew before they even announced that Alex won, that, that, that he won. I knew it. I was like, oh, fuck me. Because I knew he took one and two. But I, I, I thought that Alex could have taken three. And while I gave Max four, I was like, look, man, if we've got some shitty judges, I can see how Alex could have taken four. So I was thinking to myself, okay, well, you know. Max has got to kind of put his foot on the gas in this fifth round if he wants to seal the deal. Like, you can't have close rounds in a championship fight. Like, you need to conclusively 
win a round by getting a knockdown or dominating your opponent or something. So when he took his foot off the gas in the fifth round, I was like, it's over. It's over. It's over. I feel like judges will almost like, like if you are a champion or you were a champion, I feel like judges judge you harder. If you don't push the, if you don't push the pace, uh, or, or Annie up, it's almost like they, they give you less slack. You know what I mean? This is how, this is how, or not even just champions, but just like veterans in the UFC. Like a lot of people like, uh, Barboza, for example, have decisions go sourly for him on multiple occasions. And I, and I honestly wonder if there's a part of, a part of that is like them giving the new guys a chance as opposed to giving Barboza who's been here forever and who should dominate, you know what I'm saying? The win just because of whatever. I don't know if that's what they're doing. I hope that's not what they're doing because really it's about who's the better fighter on the night, but it seems it honestly feels like that sometimes because sometimes it's like you watch a performance and you're just like oh my god this guy cannot get a break i will say this though max was being okay if if what alexander was saying is true that he didn't you know that max didn't believe he lost the first fight and it was bullshit or whatever man honestly max like i'm gonna be straight with you i thought you lost the first fight Okay, there was not much controversy there. You should have just taken the L gracefully. And there's a bit of karma here. Like, you 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 won the second fight, but you were talking all this shit about not losing the first fight, and you gave in to like all of this anger and 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 negative energy. It kind of felt like you know you were on your game and everything like that. But I could tell like this was personal for you. You're like shushing everybody after rounds and shit, and. Honestly, man, I think that 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 once you once you thought you had the fight in the bag, you just got complacent and all that intensity sort of started to fade and you just let the fight run away from you because you thought, OK, well, it's clear that I'm better than him. You cannot be a champion with that mindset, man. You need to be like, OK, no, no, I'm going to push and assume that like the best way to become champion is to give it everything I've got. Like I'm going to try to put you out in this fifth round. And that's what you should have done. But you didn't do that, man. And I don't know if you were tired. Honestly, man, I would be surprised if it was that you were tired just because you never get tired. But Look, man, I don't think that we need to run that back right now. I'm not saying that there cannot ever be a third fight. I mean, honestly, with how good Max Holloway is, there's going to be a third fight. You know, there's going to be a third fight and it's going to be the best one. Because we're going to see an Alexander Volkanovsky who has actually faced some different competition and grown as a champion by the time that Max gets back around to him. It's a shame that this trilogy is going to be marred by this decision though because the trilogy would have been so much better if max won then it would have been one for one apiece right but honestly you know alex needs his time to be challenged the champion man he needs his time and i think that we should back up and and let him do his thing and uh they should run it back in maybe a year and a half two years when max has some more wins under his belt uh, if Max is really active and fights like three times in a year, we could even do it next year. They could fight next year. But, um, yeah, man. 
yeah that's what i think about that uh i should have started with this I, i'm sorry i didn't but Devonte smith's sister darian was shot outside of a nightclub a week couple weeks ago and i just wanted to take this moment to say Devonte, uh my condolences um i'm sorry that that happened i i uh that's an awful thing that should never happen to anybody and the fact that you're having to, you know, you and your family are having to deal with this. It's very sad. So I uh, just wanted to just take this moment to to acknowledge that that happened. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Darian. With respect to... Um, This is something that I thought was interesting. So like a week and a half ago, Masvidal was saying that he wanted to rematch Usman. Like, like that's the fight he wants now. Like he wants a, a rematch with Usman. And he said like, that it isn't about the money for him but at the same time, this is like a smart financial decision for Usman's team because Masvidal brings numbers. And that is the strangest thing to me. It's so strange. Like, it's clear to me that Masvidal is trying to cash in. He's trying to cash in. It's not a smart approach either, I don't think. Like, some people would say, well, that's smart. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to make, you know, the money move or whatever. But I'm going to be honest with you. That just, I mean, he says it's not about the money, but I'm going to be straight with you. Like, you just lose to a champion. Like, you lose four rounds to one. Um, or potentially all five rounds. I can't remember everything that happened after or in the first round because most of the fight honestly was just him hugging Masvidal and foot stomping but you lose like that and um you do not you do not have the right to to a rematch right away like I'm sorry like it doesn't really matter to me whether or not you want to say that the fight could have been different if you if you had you know implemented a a b c or d you lose like that and like man you don't get a title shot right away like what you need to go do is go back and beat all of the contenders and then ask to fight him again don't immediately rematch him because it would be a smart financial decision for usman and his team that makes no sense to me i don't know why Jorge even said that and honestly that's why i think people haven't even really been talking about that I saw this in a story like one like one day out of the week and then it was like gone. But I just wanted to address it because I was like, man, there's a part of me that honestly loses respect for him as like a, as a fighter and an individual if like that is his, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, that is your, like what? I don't know. That's just like, it's just weak sauce, man. It's just weak sauce. And I, and that's, I guess what happens when like politics 
and money get into the sport. Like it's less about okay, well let's be let's be straight here with regard to title fights. Like the person who gets the next title fight is not you Jorge. It's Gilbert. Like obviously he gets the next title fight, right? That's what makes sense MMA wise, like UFC wise. But I guess you put the politics into it and people need to put their kids through college or whatever and 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 all of a sudden people are saying shit that doesn't make any sense because it will benefit them. I don't know, man. It kind of I, I feel a kind of way about that. Like, I don't know. If you disagree, let me know. But I, I kind of lost a little respect for him in the sense that it's like, man, that's that's weak shit that you're trying right there. I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. And honestly, bro, like that's fucking weak sauce. Like, no, no. With that being said, though, um, I had a conversation with my friend last week. And he was saying that he knows that Kamaru Usman won the fight, but he shouldn't have been able to win the way that he did. I didn't get what he was saying at first, but this is essentially what he was saying. He's like, so let me get this right. You went off of foot stomps. That isn't anything. That isn't anything. You win because of cage control. So let me get this right. You could just lay on somebody and win a fight. It's a fight. How are you winning because you're just clinging to their body? And at first I was like, okay, well, yeah, but I mean, what are we going to do, right? Like, it's clear that Kamaru Usman won the fight. He's like, no, no, I know he won. I'm just saying, like, we got to find a different way to, like, judge this because this isn't this isn't right. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody paid for this pay-per-view to watch Kamaru Usman give Jorge Masvidal a bear hug. And I said, okay, well, how about this? What if we stop counting foot strikes as significant? And what if control time is nullified if there is an absence of work? Amounting to a 10-10. How would you guys feel if rounds, four, if rounds two through five were scored 10-10? Just a straight draw. Because I actually, and I wouldn't have even thought of this until I had this conversation with my with my friend. And that's the interesting thing about dialogue and, and people. It's like we need each other to actually even be able to think. Like you can't even think right without other people. Because he wasn't even saying... Jorge won. He just pitched the idea to me that he shouldn't have won the way that he did. And I think we have a solution here. If we do that, and these wrestlers start getting draws, left, right, and center, they're going to change the way they fight. Or they're going to stop fighting. Because here's the truth. If you get a draw... There's really no claim to a title shot or to be going up in rankings. I mean, or at least at the very least, if you do go up in rankings, you're going to go up much slower because you didn't beat number six. You tied with number six. So at, at, at most, you could be seven, right? Like if you were going to fight somebody who was the number six spot, it would take them much longer 
to actually get to titles. And then if they kept like having draws in title fights, and this is the assumption that like they win for whatever reason, right? Like, let's just say, even if we implement this rule, there could be three rounds that were a draw, but then, you know, the wrestler wins the other two rounds. That's totally possible. It might just end up being that anyways. Um, if they win, if they win, I can't remember what I'm saying because I'm so tired, man. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is winning is going to be harder for them. And if you're the you're the champion of draws, you can't really talk like, oh, I'm a badass. Oh, I'm Kamaru Usman. I'm the scariest man alive when everybody knows that all you do is pull draws. Now, unless wrestlers are okay with this, because there are plenty of wrestlers who are okay with, like, well, I won this fight even though I just stomped on his feet the entire time or held on to him, and I'm okay with that. There are plenty of wrestlers who are fine with that. But hopefully it will get to one or two of them, and they'll try to be more like Habib instead of doing what they're doing. Because honestly, man, and, and this is like, I don't know what you what you're going to think of this but i think that that way of fighting that way that kamaru just sort of dominated jorge like that it's sort of honestly man it's it's sort of uh it's sort of cowardly it is because it's like And the thing about it is it's like it's hard to say that because you know at the same time like this person is brave enough to get into a cage. But like there's a level of of uh there's a level of and you know not to insult Kamaro Usman, but there's a level of bitch in that approach where it's like I just don't want to get hit. You know, Habib doesn't take people down because, oh, I just don't want to get hit. Like, he takes them down so he can fucking eat them down there. That's why. When Kamaru does it, though, it's more like, I'm just trying to win this fight. So I'm going to hold on to you for dear life. Because I know if I try to stand with you, you're going to beat me up. And it's kind of, it puts him in a tough situation, right? Because it's like, what are we asking him to do? Stand with Jorge Masvidal and get knocked out? That's ridiculous, right? Like, he's he's not going to do that. But to barely try? To not even try. Like, to just, to be so focused on winning and not getting hit. That you don't even try to like properly stand with the individual or give them a chance. I can't help but feel that there is something cowardly about it. And the thing is, it's like I could be wrong, but I just feel it like, man, like you don't even you don't even take them down or do anything with it. You don't even clinch with them on the fence and throw proper elbow strikes and, and, and beat them up for real. Like you just hold on to them. There's something about that that is just very weak. And it's like because they can hold another man down, they don't feel like bad about it. You know what I mean? Because they're still badass in the sense that they can control somebody. But 
if we start to get them to just pull draws, like, oh, that was a 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> you didn't win. You just didn't lose. Then I feel like we're going to force them to actually take a look at themselves and be like, okay, like, maybe I shouldn't have just jumped into this UFC thing right now. Because I'm not good enough to stand with anyone, so I just, like, ride ride them the whole time and I can't even beat them up on the ground properly. And that's the next thing. It's like your wrestling's really not that good if you can't properly ground and pound somebody. Your jujitsu's really not that good if you can take somebody down but you can never pass their guard. And that's the next thing. It's like I don't have a problem with you wanting to take people down. And that's my point. Like I don't have a problem. Like if you know you can't stand with somebody and you take them down but you better do something with it. Like if you don't do anything with it, then it's like almost doubly insulting because not only are you not good on the feet, you're not good enough on the ground to get any significant work done. There's something about that that's just weak, man. It's just weak. It's just weak. It makes me, like, honestly, if I was a fighter, what it would make me want to do, and I already like wrestling. Like, I've tried wrestling classes. They're, it's fun. But when I see stuff like that, it's like if I was a fighter, I would want to get really good at wrestling, like, like Justin Gaethje good at wrestling, so I could fight a wrestler like that and make them suffer. Like, that is how it makes me feel. That is how it makes me feel. Like, I would want to get really good at wrestling just so that I could break somebody who does that. And they're untouchable, right? That's the problem. Because they're so good at just holding people that it's like you can't really punish them for it. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's like a striker, but they've got holes in their game, you can sort of punish them for that, right? They're doing work, you're doing work, and there's an exchange. But if somebody just can hold on to you, there's no way to penalize them for that shitty tactic. And I think this is the point my friend is trying to make. So, I mean, while I haven't said everything that I said just now in the most graceful manner or the way that I would like to, what I would like to advocate for is giving out 10 10s more liberally. We give out 10 8s more liberally now. We need to give out 10 10s more liberally, especially when it comes to stalling. We need to we need to start to label rounds like that a stall round. Well, this round was a stall. It's a 10-10. Like just just like that. Forget how many strikes were thrown because they were all insignificant, right? Forget all of that. Forget all the control time. This was a stall round. Automatic 10-10. That's what we need to do. Because I'm 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 tired of this shit, man. I'm so tired of it. I, I hate seeing fights like that because I know that the guy who's on the ground like actually wants to fight actually wants to bang and is just being smothered by by this wrestler who isn't even doing anything and that's the thing man I wanted to get behind Kamaru Usman I did I did but I, I can't like because when he fights like this like his best fight was against Colby Covington, and guess what? Colby Covington can wrestle. <laughs> so it's just like, we're never going to see a good fight from Kamaru Usman unless we get somebody in there with him who can wrestle, basically. That's it. 
if you can't wrestle, it's over. It's over. You 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 you, you you're not gonna get a good fight from Kamara Usman. If we put him in there with Conor McGregor, it's gonna be the same goddamn thing. If you put him in there with 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 Tyron Woodley, it'll be the same thing over again. And Woodley was actually a wrestler. He just wasn't as good, I guess. I don't know. If you can't tell, it's frustrating me. It frustrates me. It frustrates me, man. Anyways, bro. Man, Joe Benavidez lives a nightmare. Seriously. Joe Benavidez lives a nightmare. This man has had four title shots. Two opponents in those title shots. Two losses to each of those opponents. One of them is considered one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time and is just technically spectacular. The other is just a power puncher who really does not have a complete game at all. He lost to both sides of the spectrum. Two times each. And in between those two men, there was another flyweight champion who was not him. And he never even got to fight. <laughs> Although I'm confident if he fought him, Henry Cejudo would have eaten him. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Henry Cejudo would have would have taken Joseph Benavidez's life from him. Look, man, I feel bad for Joe. And there's nothing to be ashamed of, Joe. I don't know if you'll ever see this, but there's nothing to be ashamed of. I think that you're going to... No, no, no. I know you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, God damn it, you've had four title fights. You're good. If you earn four title fights, you're good. But I know that he probably doesn't feel that way right now. I know he probably feels like he has given his entire life to a weight class, to a division, and has come up short four times since 2012. Every two years, he has a title fight. Every two years, he fails. If you average it out. And you get knocked out and choked out. And you lose in front of the woman that you love. And all of the fans online are, are, are talking about you needing to retire and making memes about Davis and Figueredo stealing your girl. It must be a fucking nightmare. Or, because this can also be a reaction. And I saw this in his eyes after the fight. I get the feeling that he could be so 
used to this feeling of defeat, of loss. So numb to this adversity that plagues his life that he just looks at it all with sober astonishment and goes, I accept this. Because he's lived this three times already. Maybe not as humiliating, but he has lived this. He has lived this before. And if he feels like that, then it's not as bad because at the very least he's come to terms with this thing because he's going to have to come to terms with this thing. He's still in pain, I'm sure, but the pain will be much less if you just sort of look at life and be like, I, I understand, I accept this. This is what is happening to me. This is how my life is going to be. This is what my legacy is going to look like. I am going to be the man who had four title fights and lost. And it will sting and it will hurt. And he may actually resent the world and everything in his life because of it. But it is what it is. And that's what the, uh, that's what uh, Joseph Benavidez, I hope, has said to himself. It is what it is. On that same card with Benavidez and Davison, two fights I want to talk about. Tim Means had a fight. It was very close. In the third round, before her third round, between rounds, his cornerman says something like, this round, I want you to be boring as fuck. Just lay on top of him and win the fight. Now, this is why we need stall rounds. Because for a cornerman to even suggest something like that is so fucking despicable to me. It's so disgusting. It's like, are you serious right now? So you're just going to like... I don't know, man. I just feel like, are you in there to fight or not? Are you just trying to win the fight or are you in there to fight? The fact that we don't have stall rounds, it encourages advice like that. And I never even thought that I would hear that kind of advice from a cornerman in the UFC. But that man said it. Now, Tim Means being the gangster that he is, Said that he didn't do that because, you know, when he shot in for a takedown, he felt like he was in danger or something other like that. Honestly, I don't think that's why. <laughs> I think that Tim Means didn't do that because Tim Means was fired up for that entire fight. I mean, screaming, let's go. He was having a good time. Tim Means wants to fight. He wants to scrap, okay? He doesn't want to win like that. 
And I salute him for that. I mean, I don't know if he feels that way. I hope he does. But if that's how he feels, I salute you, Tim Means. Because that is how you need to feel. That is how you have to feel. You cannot be going in there like, oh, well, I'm just trying to win. No, no, it's it's not just I'm trying to win. It's I'm going to win or I want... No, I'm going to win and this is how I want to win. That's the attitude you have to have, in my opinion, if you're really going to do this and you're going to be successful and, and people are going to A, want to watch your fights and you, yourself, are going to look back on your fights and be proud of them. And also, if you're going to survive. I mean, if you go in there, like I'm going to stall and your stalling tactic doesn't work, what are you going to do? You know, shit your fucking shorts when this guy starts kicking the fuck out of you you need to be ready to actually bang man anyways man by maybe i'm biased frustrated not my finest moments point is tim means didn't do that tim means fought the fight dislocated his fingers halfway through the third round but he fought the fight and he won I would not want to win a fight just by laying on top of somebody. If I won a fight just because I was controlling them the entire time, I would hope to God it's not because that was my plan, but because that's just how it worked out. Now, it's obviously easier to say when you're not in the cage. In that situation, what do you do? Stand up, try to fight them up there. Honestly, maybe call me an idiot, but I feel like I would try that. I mean, even just for some time. Just to just to see if I could get some shots on. Because the thing is, when I'm... Okay, if I was to fight, like, you need to understand, I need to satisfy itchy hands, itchy knuckles, elbows, and feet. So if I just got you on the ground, but I can't actually get any shots off, I'm actually going to want to let you up because I want to hit you in the face. I want to feel that impact. And I would imagine that that's how fighters feel. And I mean, if they don't feel like that, then I don't like, why are you? I don't understand. Like, why are you fighting? I mean, if this is just like a financial support thing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But for me, it's like, I need to actually put these hands on you. That feels good. It's satisfying. If it can't do that because I'm just holding on to you on the ground, I'm probably going to stand up. But who knows? I've never actually been in a fight, right? So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, man, the fact that a cornerman gave that advice just blew my mind. And I wanted to bring that up. And I think we need to start advocating for stall rounds as fans. I'm going to start talking about them all the time. I'm going to call them stall rounds and it's going to catch on. And when it catches on and we start to use them, I, ha I'm sorry, but I am going to like, I am going to low key take credit for it, but <laughs> I won't be a dick about it. I'll just be like, Hey, this was my idea. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Anyways, man, I think we do need stall rounds for sure though. We do. We got to fix this problem. We can't just have a bunch of 
wrestlers out of college or whatever who don't know what to do fucking going to the UFC and just laying on top of people. That's Don't ruin the sport like that. That needs to happen, and also everybody who's in the UFC needs to take wrestling more seriously. Like, if you aren't, like, wrestling, like, 40% of the time, 30% of the time, doesn't make any sense, man. You're going to get eaten one day. It's inevitable. Like, you need to have that under control. You need to figure that out. Um, And then another fight on this cart was, so this guy named Munir Lays. Lays? Lazier, I can't. I don't remember his name. They call him the Conor McGregor of the Middle East. We'll get back to that. But um, Dana White's son actually showed. I think his son is like seventeen. Showed him a video of uh, of this guy Munir, and that's how this dude got his UFC contract. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> I, I love the way that the UFC works when it comes to finding talent. Because the, the thing about MMA is it's not like other sports where you can go to scout like in a specified venue. You know, like the university, like the University of Toronto doesn't have an MMA team. You know what I'm saying? They've got a wrestling team. They've got a basketball team. They've got a football team. And so if you're from the CFL, NHL, whatever, you know, you can go to the school and watch kids play. And it's like, okay, well, I want that one, you know. But you can't do that with MMA because there's, there's no league outside of the professional leagues or the amateur leagues in which you can go to recruit. So you're really just finding people off of the street. Like, that's why so many fighters, it's like, they're just 28 years old and living in a trailer or something like that, just training, trying to make it, you know, they're not coming fresh out of university with, you know, education right away. It's, 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 it's a completely different way to actually recruit. So it's just funny to me. And maybe that's why it's so exciting because we just have these like gems that pop up out of nowhere. Like, Oh, this guy was literally on a YouTube video and now he's in the UFC whooping ass. The dude won the fight like pretty convincingly too. He fought a power puncher and like in the first few seconds he was in trouble, but then he started to piece this guy up and use different different kinds of combinations and step in knees and, and great striking. I mean he's a really good fighter. Check it out. If you haven't seen seen the card, check it out. I just think it's funny that this guy from he's from the United Emirates like just made his way into the UFC off of some fucking never back down YouTube video shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just funny. <laughs> Anyways, man, I want to talk about this guy's titles, the Conor McGregor of the Middle East, though. There was something that Israel Adesanya said once. He said, I don't want... Or somebody said, do you ever think that you'll pull those uh, Conor McGregor numbers one day? And Israel went, no, 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 no. I'm not going to pull Conor McGregor numbers. I'm going to pull Israel Adesanya numbers. It's when Israel Adesanya says shit like that that you know he's different. He's different, man. Like, people don't think to respond that way. He did. And I don't know if he had premeditated on this or he's just so comfortable with himself, so into himself that it was just, it was just, 
second nature to, to respond that way. But that's not something that people think about. Like, people don't take in that the reason you like Conor McGregor is because there is only one Conor McGregor. There's no other Conor McGregor. You don't get two of those. Do you really think, like, think, okay, real talk. Do you really think we're going to get another Conor McGregor or anything like him in, ex in exactness by the end of this millennia or ever again? Hell no. We didn't even get another Muhammad Ali. There's one of these. You get one. You get one and you enjoy them and, 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 and admire them or, or, or uh, root for them for as long as they're around. And even after they're gone, you pay respect to them, tribute to them with YouTube videos or Instagram posts, whatever you want. But you can't be them and you can't find another one of them. And I think that because everyone, everyone is so in love with Conor McGregor and his hype that they use terms like that. Oh, the Conor McGregor of the UFC. Oh, Conor McGregor type numbers. And I think that what people need to realize, and a lot of fighters sort of fell into this trap when they tried to be more flashy and more like Conor McGregor, is that that is almost the worst thing you can do. Compare yourself to someone who is one of a kind. To be honest, compare yourself to anybody, but especially to compare yourself to someone who uh, is nothing like you or that you could never be like. The best thing that you could do is to be the most, the, the, the most you you could possibly be. Israel Adesanya's best move is to be as Israel Adesanya as possible. Because the truth is, the real is always more entertaining and intriguing than the fake. Or the copy. Do you want a Gucci bag? Or do you want a Gucci knockoff? And a lot of people. Like dressing in the flashy suits. And trying to be outrageous or whatever. They need to stop. I've seen fighters win fights. And literally try to do the Conor McGregor. Like gorilla arms. In the octagon. And they catch themselves and then they stop. It's honestly embarrassing. <laughs> it's honestly embarrassing when you think about it. It's okay to look up to Conor McGregor, but the minute that you say, I want to be Conor McGregor, you need to know that if Conor McGregor was talking to you about this, he would be disappointed. Because Conor McGregor's advice to you would be to fucking be you and never give a fuck. Fuck everybody else. Fuck what they say. <laughs> My shitty Irish accent. I am the greatest middle. I am the greatest lightweight in the world. I'm the greatest middleweight in the world. Everyone in this game either wants to fight me or be me. Everything else is peanuts. If you let somebody, and that's not just with Conor McGregor either. 
if if you let anybody label you, oh, you're like the this of whatever, immediately they are subordinating you to that individual. And if you take that title on, you are accepting that subordination yourself. So if there's a boxer in today's world and they go, oh, he's the Muhammad Ali of our time. Automatically, there's like a ceiling that's been set on you. Like, okay, well, you will never be as good as Muhammad Ali. <laughs> or if, or if you, 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 you even get better than Muhammad Ali, people will just sort of be like, oh, you're just like him, sort of. But if you carve something out for yourself and you accomplish things for yourself, and there's no one that they compare you to or no title that you accept as a comparison. Then you become something way cooler. You become something new and authentic that other people admire for its sake and not its relation to something else. So this guy being called the Conor McGregor of the UFC, I don't know if he likes it or not. But I'll tell you right now, if somebody had said something about that, like, if if you I don't like if I was an athlete and somebody said something like that about me I would pull an Israel Adesanya <laughs> I would pull I'd pull that not because I want to be like Israel Adesanya but because I agree with this philosophy be you and fuck everybody else bro I don't want to be you I love me fuck everybody else bro that's cool that you're you. You keep doing you. I'm not trying to do you. I'm doing me. So keep that in mind, man. Not even just in fighting, but in life generally. Do you. Do not look to somebody else and be like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be them. If you see something that they do and you like that, if you see an attitude that they have and you like that, that's different. You can take that attitude and do it your own way. But if you're just going to try to be another version of them, nah, that just won't work. I was thinking about good matchups. And uh, matchups were like the fighting style, the height, the 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 reach, the age, everything is the same, basically. This is referring to the the bout with uh, Jimmy Rivera and Cody Stamen. These dudes are like, honestly, man, it was so weird. Just it's almost like they were looking in a mirror. They look so similar. Now this fight wasn't bad. It was a decent fight, but it's almost like they're both so good or so even that not much really happened. Not much really went down. And it made me think that, like, wonder, like, do you want really good matchups or really even matchups? Sorry. Or do you want good matchups? Because I think when you have really even matchups, you end up getting a pretty boring fight, right? You end up getting a fight. It's like if you ha okay, if if you're playing a game of chess, and the people who are playing chess are equally good, to the point where they can both see 
what the other person is doing and avoid falling into a trap while le trying to lay a trap of their own, you might just get a game of chess that lasts for two days. It's really boring. It's a lot of moving back and forth. It's like, okay, well, there's a period where the, the black pieces are setting a trap and the white pieces are avoiding it. The white pieces avoid that trap and they start to set a trap, but the black pieces pick up on that and now they're avoiding that. And it just goes back and forth like that. That may be really entertaining if you really like, you know, long chess games. But if you're looking for a fight where things happen and people throw creative things and, and, and there, there's high stakes and drama, you don't necessarily want to fight like that because it's going to be it's going to be really like points oriented and they're going to probably throw more basic things just because doing anything too crazy might leave them vulnerable because the person that they're, you know, fighting across from them is actually pretty good. So perhaps you don't want to match, you know, Cody Stamen with Jimmy Rivera if they're just so close. I mean, I'm pretty sure one was ranked sixth and one was ranked seventh, and they're the same in every other way. You probably want to do like, oh, well, what'll happen if we put, you know, what, what'll happen if we put, uh, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a fair matchup, right? Uh, what, well, what, what, the fight that we have coming up this weekend, you know, what if we put Darren Till up against Robert Whitaker or something like that? You know what I mean? They're not really the same height, the same size or whatever, but they're both, you know, top contenders and it's a cool matchup. We'll just see how that works. Or it's like, oh, what if we put a jujitsu guy and a wrestling guy against each other? What goes down there? Usually the wrestler just kind of wrestles the fuck out of everybody, but you know what I'm saying? Those are the fights that are more interesting because kind of crazy things can happen. The chances of something wild happening in a really even fight are super low. And I think that those fights are they're not the, it's not that they're bad fights i'm not saying that because I, I still enjoyed the fight but i think that those fights uh like if you're gonna if you're watching a fight like that like you need to accept that this fight is more about each of these fighters trying to stake their place in the rankings and less about like oh well, we're gonna have the fight of the night right now i don't think that that's gonna happen if you got a really even really even fight like that um even like darren till versus steven wonderboy thompson it looked to me like they were just like going back and forth in this game where they're trying to set traps for each other and it's not really working because the other person is, is is relatively good. Or, you know what I mean, it cancels out. Like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has got a really technical striking game. He's really creative and Darren Till's got a lot of power. So, you know, they're kind of being careful with each other. Just a thought I had. Last thing we're going to talk about today real quickly. Everybody, I love Michael Bisbing. But is is anybody else noticing that there is like a tension sometimes when he's commenting commenting with with uh, other people like Paul Felder and and even DC and I mean John Anik is always just John Anik. He honestly John Anik is like the fucking he's like the OG. He just doesn't like you can't John Anik just always knows what to say. Like he fucking I know why they pay this man because he always knows what to say, just how to say it. He says it quickly, succinctly, and in a in a in a a wonderful and and fantastic voice for any kind of you know audio audio transmitting device. Perfect, right? But Bisbing's interactions with other other commentators, the fighters, it's almost like they're butting heads. It's weird, man. I mean, there was one. Okay, so DC and and Bisbing are commentating together, and. It's like, I guess, Bisbing took offense to something. 
and DC almost had to backpedal and like compliment Bisbing over and over again to make him feel better about the situation. You know what I mean? I don't know if they were interrupting each other and, and that's what the problem was. I think that DC corrected Bisbing on something and Bisbing sounded a little bit hurt by it. And DC, you know, felt like he had to throw in this unnecessary compliment. He said something like, because you're against, like, like, you know what, like, uh, you know what he's, what the guy's doing in the cage right now, Bisbing, you know, I, I remember seeing you do that in a fight. You know why? Because you're a gangster, Bisbing, blah, 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 like patting him on the back almost halfway through this fucking commentating session. And you can tell there's like this tension, like this awkwardness. And I didn't describe that like really well. But my point is, just listen. The next time, Bisbing's getting better with it. But you can tell he's not like built for this yet. Like he's, he's got more work to do. The next time Bisbing is on a card with anybody, listen to how Bisbing interacts with the other commentators who are like fighters generally. And then listen to how John Anik interacts with Bisbing. You could tell that John Anik is like kind of keeping him like on on track if possible. Like Bisbing will say something that's not really true. And John Anik will be like, well, uh, it's clear that Okay, like okay, for example. Like Okay. Let's say somebody eats a right hand, right? Uh Bisbing will say something like Oh, you know, he, he ate that right hand, but I'm sure it, it, it had no effect on him, which is crazy. You can't say something like that, right? And John Anik will go, well, that right hand has landed a couple of times in this fight <laughs> or something like that. He'll be like, oh, well, that's the fourth time he's landed the right hand this round. Like, just to be like, okay, Bisbing, like, are you serious? Like, if you are observing the fight, you can clearly see that that right hand is somehow impactful, but it's like you, you're, you're just... No offense, Bisbing. I'm not trying to make fun of you, but it's like, don't make an ass of yourself and pretend like that right hand didn't do anything. And then Mike has to go, oh, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and it's just funny. It's funny because you can tell he's learning. You can tell he doesn't, like, fully grasp, like, what he should be saying as opposed to what he says. But the way he interacts with, like, other fighters sometimes, other fighting commentators, like, it's almost like he gets annoyed with them. It's, 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 I don't know, man. Sometimes he gets verbally aggressive. It's just fucking weird. Anyways. I just thought that was funny. Um, this is, this, this podcast is just me fucking talking shit for, like, an hour about something I'm interested in. If you like that, then you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, and Google Play Podcasts. Um, if you want to follow me on my social media, uh, my handle is the Combat Addict, no spaces on Instagram and Twitter. I stream on Twitch, but I mean, not very often. The underscore Combat underscore Addict is the handle there. Combat Addict out, y'all.